0: Just point to the logo on my chest and tell them. the ego. Slam Ago. ego. Ago. the ego. hey. Hit it up hard.
1: Hit it up hard. Hit it with a strike. strike. From the national
0: anthem, anthem to the bottom of the night. I've been slam Ago. ego. Ago. the ego. Slam ego. hey. You already know what's up, what's that, another home run you know that the job ain't done hold
1: that up. Hey. Good morning everybody, welcome to episode 337 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show Ben Fadden here on this Tuesday morning The Padres, they have made another move, adding to their starting pitching depth They're bringing in veteran starting pitcher Michael Walker We do not know the terms of the deal as of now uh, I'm expecting it to be either a one-year deal or a one-year deal with an option kind of like the Padres did with I believe Seth Lugo um but yeah that is the news today I like the move this isn't I don't think this is a move where it's like a, a total game changer like oh my gosh michael waka uh, but it's a solid arm someone that can eat some innings and if you're a Padres fan I think that's what you want right we wanted starting pitching this offseason. And did they bring in Carlos Rodon? No. Did they bring in Jacob de No. Did they bring in Justin Verlander? No. But we have some pretty darn good aces at the top of the rotation, right? We weren't looking for that talent, right? We were looking for guys that could fill out the rotation and probably just be better than Shamaniah and Mike Clevenger, which I don't think it was that high of a bar. Like, just be better than those guys' performances last season? Because Clevenger was hurt, and he just sucked in the playoffs, couldn't get an out in Game 4 of the NLCS, and Mania was lazy at times. Like, is Michael Walker going to be better than that? I think I think Walker can be someone like Shaw Manaya in the regular season and eat innings. And then, do I trust him more than Manaya in the postseason? Do I trust him more than Clevenger in the postseason? I don't know my answer to that right now. But I know that I can – I think I can be able to trust them. I think I – it's not – it's definitely not like there's no way I'm going to be able to trust this guy come October. What are the Padres doing? Like he has the potential to uh, be a really good signing for the Padres. And if you look at his numbers um, in his career, I mean, he has postseason experience, right? That that was – it was a while ago with the Cardinals. But he does have postseason experience, an All-Star in 2015. Again, that was a long time ago. But that year he was an All-Star. He had a 3-3-8 ERA. Last year, he had a 3-3-2 ERA. Now, that All-Star season, it was career-high in innings for him, over 180 innings. Last year, he almost got to 130. But I don't think the Padres need 180 innings from him like he delivered for the Cardinals back in 2015. What they need is someone that can just eat innings, make starts, and be consistent in the regular season at the back of that rotation and provide length, help out that bullpen, and be able to be better than Shamani and Mike Clevenger come playoff time. If he's pitching in game four or a game five of a playoff series, can you trust the guy, right? That's what this move is about. I think at least that's what the move should be about. The Padres, they could go trade for another arm before the trade deadline if the rotation doesn't look as great as it does now, if things aren't working, or if there's an injury. Obviously, you hope that there's not an injury. um, They can obviously do that, right? They they still have the guys to do that. Uh, But what we wanted going into the season, like I said earlier, was a filled out rotation and that's what the Padres did. And they didn't just fill out the rotation this off season, They extended Yu Darvish on a club friendly deal. Lowered his AAV from over 20 mil to 18 million. And it's a 6 year deal. Who knows if he's going to pitch for those 6 years, but they locked him up. He was a free agent at the end of the year. They got that done. That's huge for the Padres. They have Joe Musgrove, they got that extension done during last season, so he's here for the next five seasons, including 2023. They have Blake Snell. Hopefully he can find consistency throughout the year, not just the second half of the year, Uh, but we know he's talented. Nick Martinez works his butt off, uh, and I I think he can work in the rotation, and then they bring in Michael Walker. They brought in Seth Lugo as well, so you got to give credit there because I think he's going to provide an impact to this Padres team in the rotation or in the bullpen. I don't know where he's going to end up at the end of the season. I think it's probably going to be the bullpen, but we'll see how that plays out. Like his performance is going to indicate where he is probably, I would think at the end of the season, if he's still pitching well and he's healthy, then maybe he's still in the rotation. And Nick Martinez is the guy that fills the role that he filled last year. Or maybe Michael Walker fills that Nick Mart or yeah, fills the Nick Martinez role. If, Everyone's working in the rotation, and they just feel like Walker's the better guy to be in the bullpen. Or maybe Walker's in the rotation the whole year, and they go with Martinez to start Game Four of NLCS or Game Four of a series, and they have Walker come in after him. And they just think that's the better way to go about things. Um, there, there's a lot of different things for this move. Uh, so give give your thoughts in the comments if you're here live on YouTube. Joe Musgrove, according to Darnay Tripp here on Twitter, he has given his thoughts on Michael Walker. Uh, Musgrove says, quote, a lot of experience he played with, some of the best there in St. Louis. By the way, one of those best players, at least he was in his prime then, was Matt Carpenter. So he does have familiarity with some guys uh, on the roster. Uh, Musgrove continues here. He's pitched in some really good staffs. I know there's a lot of experience there. I've heard the personality is great. And he's a fun guy to be around, excited to meet him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did want to hit on why it took so long Michael, for Michael Walker to sign with the team. Obviously, it ended up being the Padres. It was because of his asking price. I don't think this was because of character issues or anything like that. Uh, at least, I have not read or heard of any character clubhouse issues with Michael Walker. It It's just... He was asking for a lot of money. Last year, he had a good year. Three, three, two 3 2 ERA. Um, over 120 innings, almost 130 innings. Uh, ERA plus was above league average. Whip was just above one. It was improved. It was his best whip uh, since 2014. So, um, yeah, I mean, he had a good year. So he thought that he was going to be able to cash in kind of like some other guys did maybe like a Ross Stripling did on the free agent market. I think he got a two year deal with San Francisco. I want to say um, I think Shaman, did he get a multi-year deal or oh, was it a one-year deal? might've been a one-year deal for him, but he thought that he was going to be able to cash in like some other guys have been able to do in free agency earlier in the off season. Uh, we don't know the money yet on this deal. We don't know the years, uh, but he was not going to get what he was asking for. He was asking for two years, thirty million dollars. The Padres—they were not going to give him fifteen million a year, especially with where their payroll was, like the money situation. They were before the Darvish extension. They were like I think four million somewhere around. It was they were close to the two seventy-three number, and so they—they they were definitely not bringing Waka in for fifteen million a year. Now, they weren't going to go over it for that. But now that they extended Darvish, lowered the AAV, they were, I think, a little less than $7 million to that 273 number. So maybe they could get Waka on a multi-year deal, maybe two-year deal. Again, I'm just guessing. I don't know what the terms are yet of it. But maybe they get them on a multi-year deal and the AAV is like six mil and they're just under it. And they can make other trades as well to get even further down. Uh, but I think the Darvish extension helped get Waka to San Diego. Or maybe it didn't. And maybe Peter Sather's like, no, AJ, you believe in Michael Waka. The front office likes Michael Waka. Bob Melvin likes Michael Waka. I'll give him the money. I'll pay the tax. That's fine. Let's go. If this guy can help us win a World Series, if this guy's going to be better than Mike Clevenger was in the playoffs, if this guy's going to be better than Shamanaya was in the playoffs, then... Let's do it, and maybe he will be. Again, we don't know the answer to that, but I think there's the potential for him to be really good for this Padres team and be a difference maker come postseason time, assuming that the Padres are in the postseason. Let's get to the chat here. Big Island Bum says, Waka is proven. Yeah, so Waka... So last year, he had that 3.3 baseball reference war, 23 starts. The year before that, 29 starts. His ERA was over five, but still, he posted, right, over 120 innings. 2020 was a short season. 2019, ERA, 476. uh, 24 starts, 29 appearances. Um, 2017, he had 30 starts. 2018, he only had 15. Uh, So the last three full seasons, he's had over 120 innings. He can provide innings. Like, if he stays healthy, he'll be solid. Let me, I want to compare Waka to, let's go with Shaw season last year. So, Shaw last year, ERA was 4.96, a negative .9 war, and again, Waka last year, uh, 3.3 war, 3.32 ERA. How many innings? Uh, 158 innings for Manaya. 127 and a third for Waka. Uh, 28 starts for Manaya and 23 starts for Waka. So manaya he was he was out there a little bit more than Waka was. Let me check if Waka had any injuries last year. Maybe that played a part in it. He was pitching for the Red Sox last year. That was after he spent 2021 with the Rays, 2020 with the Mets, and then uh, his last year with the Cardinals was, I believe, 2019. Okay, let's see here with Waka. So, yeah, Waka was on the I.L. a little bit last year. So in May, May 8th, he was placed on the 15-day I.L., retroactive to uh, May 5th, left intercostal irritation no idea what that is um and then he came back it looks like may 20th so a short il stint there he went back on the il july 8th this was for right shoulder inflammation and then he returned august 14th so he was out about a month at least from the big league rotation um and then he was activated on august 14th and then he pitched healthy the rest of the year so did deal with some shoulder stuff and left intercostal irritation i have no idea what that is let me look that up nerve pain oh felt nerve pain that's felt in the chest all right hopefully that's not something that you know is gonna pop up again let me check oh excuse me my voice is messed up today Let me uh, check Twitter here to see if there's anything else. Uh, By the way, Juan Soto, he is going to left field. Bob Melvin announced that today. This is from A.J. Caswell. The Padres, they have discussed it, and Soto was very open to moving back to left where he started his career. Would open things up for Fernando in right field, though the Padres still aren't committing firmly to that. Why wouldn't they why wouldn't they commit firmly to Fernando in right field? Like they're thinking about him in center. So him in center, Grisham in right. Is that what they would be thinking? Or trading Grisham? But now that they add Walka, it doesn't seem like they would trade Grisham when his stock is low. They already have a filled out rotation now. I don't don't see a Grisham trade happening right now. Maybe that's just the Padres saying we're not committing to that just to say that because they don't want to firmly say, okay, Fernando is going to be in right field. And what if it doesn't work out in spring training or something? But I would anticipate Soto being in left, Tatis being in right, Grisham being in center, and that's the outfield when Tatis returns after the 20-game suspension. And before the 20-game suspension, probably uh, David Dahl, Adam Engel, Jose Zokar, those guys will make up the starting right fielder. Or maybe they'll have Grisham be in right field for a little bit, and they'll have Engel play center. Engel has center field experience, so they'll have Zocar play center. Um, and I think they should just stick with Soto and left, Grisham and Wright. That seems to make the most sense to me. All right. Melvin, he's talked to the media, so that'll probably probably be up on Twitter at some point today. Um, but let's get back to the chat. Jeremy says, huge signing. AJ wins again. I mean, yeah, I like the signing. Uh, again, the, the terms have not come out yet, like the money. So I don't want to fully judge the deal until... The money is out, but yeah, I like the deal. It fills out the rotation, a guy that can eat innings, a guy that we could be confident in come postseason time based on 2023 and his season. Um, yeah, I like it. And this this allows for Bob to go to a six-man rotation, right? Before this signing, for before the Walker signing, he wasn't committing to a six-man rotation. It seemed like the Padres were kicking it around but they weren't committing to it. Like Bob essentially was telling the media, they'll do a six-man if it's warranted. Like if someone earns it or if they have the talent, if they have the depth to do a six-man rotation, then they'll do a six-man rotation. But they're not going to force it. They're, they weren't going to have Adrian Marajone be the sixth guy if he sucked in spring training or he could only give three innings. Or They weren't going to have Jay Groom go out there be the sixth guy if they weren't confident in him. They weren't going to force it. But with this Michael Waka deal. It looks like they don't have to force it. It looks like this will just be able to work and they'll just do a six man to start the year. It hasn't been confirmed. Bob Melvin hasn't said, at least as I know of, he probably can't comment on the Waka deal yet because it's not official. He hasn't said that they're doing a six man, but you would think Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Martinez, Lugo, and then Waka. And I'm saying that because maybe, Padres fans, we don't think that Lugo's going to last as a starter all season long. He hasn't started consistently, if you want to call it consistently, since like 2017. That's a long time ago. Um, But Lugo, when he came to the Padres, he was guaranteed by the Padres that he he would get a chance in spring training, beginning of the season, to be in the rotation. And Nick Martinez was guaranteed that chance of being in the rotation. They signed Nick Martinez to be a starter. They signed Seth Lugo. Him getting the chance to be a starter, and but he could fall back to the bullpen if he doesn't work as a starter, if they get more depth, which they have. Um, so I, I anticipate Lugo being in the rotation to start the season, and maybe like a month in, maybe he goes to the bullpen, or maybe two months in. If he's, if he's pitching well in the rotation, then he's going to stay there, you would think. I think Martinez has a better chance of lasting in the rotation longer than Seth Lugo does. Um, if Lugo goes to the bullpen, that's not a terrible thing, especially if is healthy, if Snell, if Martinez, if Darvish, if Musgrove, if they're all healthy, Lugo going to the pen, that's not the end of the world. Like Lugo, he has been an impactful arm for the Mets, or he was uh, out of the bullpen. Buckshaw Walter, he trusted Lugo and Diaz. Like that was it in the bullpen in that wild card series. Pottery fans, we know that we were watching, right? It was okay. We're gonna go to Degrom, then we're gonna go to Diaz or Lugo, and then we'll go to the other guy. Like that's what their that's what their plan was, really. They maybe Ottavino, you could sprinkle them in there, but like that's what their plan was. Out of the bullpen, uh, no starts last year, three six zero ERA. The year before, um, no starts, forty six games, three five zero ERA. Whip not higher than one three the last two years. And then twenty nineteen, his whip was below one in sixty-one games, eighty innings, two seven oh ERA. The year before that, two six six ERA. He started five games in twenty eighteen. Uh eighteen starts, the most starts he's had in the big leagues twenty seventeen. That's a long time ago. So I just don't have a ton of faith that he's gonna work out in the rotation, but he's gonna provide an impact. To this Padres team. Regardless of what role he's in. Uh, Mito Machine with the question here. Who is the odd man out on the 40 man? That's a good question. I'll look up the 40 man right now. So I want to give an educated answer. I don't want to just throw out a name. And be like, oh no, well. He's not the likeliest to be gone. The 40 man here. So... Maybe Pedro Avila sticks. Michelle Baez is going to stick. I don't know how high they are on Tom Cosgrove. Probably, probably, well, yeah, they do have to take someone off the 40-man now. It wouldn't be at the end of spring training. I would think that they stick with Jose Lopez during at least to start the season because he is a Rule 5 guy, so I wouldn't say him. Uh, what about Eggy Rosario? Wouldn't they just put him on the IL? Maybe they would do that with him because he has the fractured ankle. So I don't I don't know if he's the odd man out, but that seems it seems to me like he would be the the guy to say, all right, we're gonna put you on the IL, and that will make room for Michael Walker. Because they're not taking Cruz off, obviously. Soto, Grisham, Engel, Carpenter, Zokar, Manny, Kim, Dixon, Crony. Bogarts, probably not Batten. when you can put Rosario on the IL, Sullivan, Nola, Campy, and then all the pitchers, they probably want to keep them on it, right? They don't want to allow another team to pick them up. So I'd probably say Rosario right now. Good question. Devin says, I feel a lot better than yesterday about the rotation. Good pickup for the pods. Six-man rotation early in the season is a must and locked up for the postseason yeah I like where the rotation's at right now Um, obviously things could change guys could underperform but guys could also overperform Seth Lugo could end up working out great in the rotation and the rotation looks even better than it does now Um, look the Padres they did what we wanted right some people they probably wanted Carlos Rodon or Kodai Senga like I would have liked that but They brought in Xander Bogarts, right? That's big. They brought back Suarez. They brought back Martinez. They extended Darvish. They brought in Lugo. They brought in Waka. It's not like they didn't do anything to the pitching staff, right? And they can go make trades if they need to before uh, the trade deadline, right? Yeah, Devin says, I uh, just hope the contract details will get released soon. I'm concerned about a potential overpay scenario like Pomerantz. Maybe but it didn't seem like there were a ton of teams interested in Waka. Maybe that was because of the price tag. So assuming that he did lower the price tag, maybe there were more teams interested. Probably were. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, this isn't a guy that I want to overpay, like Pomerantz, right? So we'll see. Yeah, just kind of waiting on the contract details. Devin with a question here. With the Walker signing, do you still believe the Padres will be active in the upcoming trade deadline? Yeah. And I wouldn't even say the trade, the, the trade deadline is upcoming because that's months away. We're February 14th and the trade deadline's at the end of, what, July? So, yeah, the season hasn't even started. And regardless of what spot the Padres are in, A.J. Preller's not someone to say, well, okay, we're first place. Let's say they're in first place by 10 games over the Dodgers, which I don't see happening. Because the Dodgers, they're a good team. But let's just say they are. I don't see A.J. Preller as the guy that's going to sit there and say, we're good, we don't have to be active at all at the trade deadline, we don't have to make any moves. He's always thinking of ways to improve the roster or improve the organization, right? He's always doing that. So, yeah, they're going to be active at the trade deadline. I don't know if they're going to make a move. Like Obviously, I can't tell you that when the season hasn't even started yet. But it's A.J. Preller. He's going to be active. He's not the Rockies GM that's going to sit there and do nothing. Devin also says here, I prefer Soto in left than right field. I feel like Soto wasn't very comfortable playing the porch area in right field. In my opinion, honestly, I think right field is a tricky position sometimes to work around. I agree. Right field's tough. There's a lot of room that guys have to cover, right? Um And I do prefer Soto in left than right. I think with Fernando's range, his athleticism, I think it would be more limited in left field. Right field, there's more room. And you have Grish in center that can cover some room in the left center gap, right? Uh, and he is a lefty. I think he throws lefty. I know he's lefty at the plate. Um, So his glove hand is on the right side, which is in the left center gap, right? It's closer to the left center gap than his throwing arm. That might not seem like a big difference, but it can be. A, it can be a difference on balls that he's diving for, right? You don't have to reach over; your, your glove's right there. Um, I like Sotoin left. I agree. Uh, Alex says Waka is a better fourth pitcher. Give Niebla time; he will be a sub three guy next year. I don't know about a sub three ERA. That that's. That's like an ace, a sub three R ERA. You're an ace. I don't know if walk is going to be an ace for the Padres, but I think he could build off of the year that he had last year. Maybe he stays more healthy than he did last year, or he develops a new pitch or his pitch repertoire gets stronger. Uh, Maybe the ERA is a little bit lower than it was last year, but he had a solid year last year. Like he had a good year. Um, Maybe he pitches more innings than he did last year. I don't know about sub three ERA. Like that that's asking a lot. I'm not putting those expectations on him. Like this guy's a four or a five starter in the rotation. I think asking him to have an, a sub four ERA, asking him to stay healthy, keep the Padres in games, uh, especially with the offense they have. Give the Padres five, six innings every time out, uh, preferably more like six. That's probably my expectations for Walker. That's what I w- want to ask for Waka. Uh, Will, with the question here, why is Fernando not locked into right field yet? Yeah, I, I mean, because I think injuries can happen in spring training, trades could happen. I think they just don't want to commit to that where with Soto, we know that Soto's going to be on the team. We, he's going to be playing on opening day. We know Tatis is going to be on the team. I'm not saying we don't know that. I'm just saying like at the beginning of the season, we know Soto is going to be in the lineup. And so they're just saying, okay, Soto, you're a star player here. You're going to be in the lineup opening day. We're giving you this position. We don't want you going to different positions in spring training, wasting time at a different position when you're not going to play that. Like, Just go focus on left field because we know he's not the strongest defender. Like, let's be honest, right? So just give him that time to work on left field, all spring training long, all WBC. I don't know where he's going to play in the WBC, but hopefully Nelson Cruz, the GM of the DR, can say, yeah, well, I know my team's going to have Soto play left field, so let's have my team, the DR, my other team, let's have them play, let's have Soto play left field uh in the wbc because let me i need to look up the team dr roster and see see if um it would work out for soto to play left field like maybe it wouldn't work for dr Okay, so they have Julio Rodriguez. He would probably play center. Uh, the other outfielders, Teoscar Hernandez. He He's played right field before, I believe. Eloy Jimenez. Okay, so the four outfielders, Soto, Rodriguez, Eloy Jimenez, and Teoscar Hernandez. So would they rather have Teoscar in right in right field, or would they rather have Soto in right field for Team DR? I think they could live with Teoscar being in right field. And would Eloy be the DH, or he wouldn't? No, 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 he wouldn't be the DH, right? They, they're stacked on the infield. Manny's at third. They could have Pena, someone like that, be at short. Devers DHing. Vlad at first. They have Wander Franco. They have William Adamas, they have Gene Segura, Cattell Marte, yeah, so, Um, yeah, Yeah. Eloy Jimenez or Teoscar Hernandez will probably be on the bench, one of those guys, and Soto will either be in left or right with Julio Rodriguez in center. Um, Yeah, so just getting back to your question, I think he is in right field, but the Padres, they just want to lock him into right field in case other things happen. There is going to be a competition for that starting right field spot in spring training uh, with probably angle, David Dahl. I don't know how much of a chance Zokar has, but we'll see. Yeah, Bobani says, uh, it's a good move for us. The walk move I agree. Alex, with a uh, comment here, say, Lugo moves to the bullpen and someone's doing good. You can trade bullpen guys. Cough, cough, Palm now. Or at the deadline, yeah. I don't think Pomerantz has much value right now, so I don't see Pomerantz being dealt right now. Um, the latest update from Bowmel on him is that he's going to have some limits to start spring training, but he should be ready to go by opening day, so that's good news, but you can't count on him. So yeah, maybe if Pomerantz is healthy at the trade deadline and a team's willing to take on salary, then they'll do it, uh, and that would allow Lugo, yes, to move to the bullpen. That does make sense, Alex, but Right now, I don't see the Padres trading pomerants because I don't think that there's a ton of value. Uh, Alex, with the question here, when can Walker show up to spring? Will it take time or is he already in Arizona? I have no idea. I don't know if I don't know if he's in Florida. I have no idea where he is, but he can get on a flight. He'll probably be here. Well, he will be here. I would think sometime this week and then get going. Uh, Cause he is one of the last free agents to sign. There's, there's plenty of free agents out there, but I'm talking about like the big free agents. He's one of the last free agents to sign. So yeah, I think he'll show up this week. Uh, the deal has not been made official as of 927 AM Pacific time on February 14th, but um, he, he'll, he'll be the, in uh, Peoria sometime this week. We don't know how long the deal is. Uh, Mito in the chat here says the contract is pending physical. I didn't see that. I mean, I I assume the contract's pending a physical because all the reports have agreed to that. Yeah, I don't see anything. I don't know if it's a one-year deal, a two-year deal. We don't know that yet. All right, I'll get back to the chat. Any questions, any comments, feel free to put them in there. If you want to join the show, go up to the top, the pinned comment on YouTube, and click that link if you want to give your thoughts on Waka, on the Padres, how you like the team shaping up right now. Uh, But first... This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros' famous cheese steaks and garlic fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Peco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, back to the chat here. Devin says the Padres were also in on Cole Hamels. Thankfully, they went with Waka. I personally prefer a younger pitcher rather than a veteran like Hamels. Hamels is washed. Yeah, Hamels. He, uh, his, his situation, if the Padres were to sign him, I guess they could still sign him, but he would be like a, probably a, a invite to spring training, a non-roster invitee. They weren't going to give him a major league guarantee contract like they're giving Michael Waka. Um, did Hamels pitch last year? I don't think Hamels even pitched last year at the big league level. Let me check. think he signed with the Dodgers and then he got shut down because he got hurt. Yeah, last time he pitched was with Atlanta. One game. Three and a third innings in that one start and gave up three runs. Yeah, so he has not appeared in the big leagues in a while. So, yeah, it would not be a major league roster spot. Uh, So, even if they do sign Hamels or if they did, it wouldn't have I wouldn't have been, like, pissed off about it, like, because it wouldn't have been, like, oh, Potters are signing Cole Hamels to be the four-starter. That's not how it would have been. Uh, but, yeah, Waka, Waka's obviously the better option right now. Um, we'll, we'll see, again, we'll see what Waka does. Like, there are there are questions with Lugo. How long is he going to last in the rotation? There are questions with Martinez, like, How effective is he going to be as a starter the whole year, assuming that he is going to be a starter the whole year? Uh, Waka, can he repeat last year? Can he improve on last year? Can he stay healthy um, like he has the last three full seasons for the most part? I know he was on the IL with the shoulder issue a little bit last year, but it wasn't for a long period of time. And most years, pitchers will – there will be a setback at some point. And sometimes pitchers go on the IL – and they say that they're going on the, the team, says they're going on the IL for a certain thing, and it's not really that big of a deal. They just do that to miss a start, miss a couple starts, uh, just to give them a break, maybe dead arm, and then they're good. It's not that big of a deal. So, yeah, just well, again, like I said earlier, I expect Waka to be healthy, be a four or five caliber starter, and hopefully gain the gain our trust, and we can be confident that he's going to be better than Clevenger or Manaya was in the postseason, which that's not that high of a bar, right? Alex says, I wonder if they can still give Hamels a spring training invite, see what he got. Yeah, I mean, I think he would accept it unless there's like a, a bigger offer somewhere, like millions of dollars somewhere, which there's not going to be. Uh, hometown guy, yeah, I think I think he would be open to it. Um, I think his agent is John Boggs, who I had on the show. Um, Tony, He was Tony Gwynn's agent. He's Pierce Johnson's agent. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he would be open to it if there's not a better deal. I think Hamels would sign here over another team, part, partly because we are a contender, right? Even if he's in, or maybe maybe he doesn't want to sign here. Maybe he wants to go to, like, the Nationals or something like that or the A's, uh, and have a better chance at making the big league roster, have more of an opportunity, and then get traded somewhere. And a team is willing to take on that, take him on, now that he's proven that he can be healthy. Um, Because he did sign with the Dodgers, I think it was last year, and he didn't stay healthy, right? Like, it was immediate. Like, he signed, and then they shut him down. Like, I think it was a couple weeks later. Uh, So... Maybe he just needs to go prove himself. Maybe a contender's like, "No, we're not going to sign you. We'll trade for you, give another team like a, a low-level prospect for you if you can prove you can be healthy, but we're not going to bring you on right now. Uh, you got to prove it to us." Uh, Devin asking me to discuss Luis Camposano. Um, yeah, I mean, he. I think he's on the field taking BP right now. I saw that earlier this morning from someone. Um, on Twitter, so I think with Campy, the question for him, like, how much playing time is he going to get this season? Like, is he going to earn it? Like Bob Melvin has said that to the media, like it's up to Camposano I think he said it in the Q and A with Kevin Ac the other week. Uh, I think it was last week to, uh, in the Union Tribune. Like, Ac asked him about Campy, and he was like. It's up to Luis. Like he's gotta earn it. He's gotta earn that playing time. Austin Nola is he is the starting catcher. Um, he's earned it. The pitching staff trusts him. And especially with like the pitchcom stuff and the pitchers, I believe this year, they're gonna be able to relay what they want to throw to the catcher because of the clock, like to make the the uh, the process faster. Um and Nola is familiar with that. I'm not saying Campy isn't, but The pitchers are familiar with Nola. They trust Nola. There's a reason why he was catching every postseason game last year, and they didn't let Campy touch the field, right? So Campy's going to earn that. He's got to earn that. And I think he's willing to put in the work. I mean, he's already in spring training. I assume that he didn't just get to spring training. Um, So, yeah, I I think he's going to get playing time. I think he's going to earn playing time. I don't know if he's going to be, like, the starting catcher by the end of the season. Maybe that comes 2024. Uh, I, I'm kind of higher on the catching situation than probably some are, to be honest. Uh, maybe that's one of the weaknesses of the team, you would say, the bench depth, the catching situation. But I like Nola, Like especially with the offense, the lineup that we have. Tatis coming back, Bogarts, Cruz, Carpenter. You don't need Austin Nola to be this amazing offensive player. It would help, but him hitting eighth or ninth, that's not the end of the world if he's good defensively. I know... We want someone who can throw out runners, right? Uh, and he might get more exposed this year because uh, of the, the new pickoff rules, right? If you, you disengage from the rubber twice, well, if you do it again, you got to throw the guy at first base out or else he gets second base. It's I think it's deemed a balk. So that could hurt the Padres if Nola can't throw out runners. Uh, so if Campy can develop and hit, be consistent. That might help, the, or that will help the Padres. Um, I see Bomani here uh, in the the room. I think he wants to talk. Oh, he just went away. All right. If you want to come back on, feel free to hit that link. Um, going back on to the chat. Uh, Waka is 6'6". Six, six. Someone here says, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, Waka, he is he is a tall guy. I didn't know that. I, I knew that he was tall. You guys want some more background on Waka. So he was drafted by the Cardinals first round 2012. Uh, went to Texas A&M. He's 6'6", 215. Right-hander. Uh Was an All-Star, was the NLCS MVP, I forget what year, was that 20, when did they go, 2013? Might have been 2013. He had a 2.78 ERA's rookie year, so yeah, that might have been 2013, because I know they made it to the World Series that year, lost to the Red Sox, and 2015 was Mets Royals in the World Series, so yeah, I think it must have been 2013. Um, but yeah, he spent let's see here one, two, three, four, five, six years, seven, seven years with the Cardinals, and they didn't bring him back in free agency, he signed with the Mets, and then spent one year there, the short season, signed with the Rays in twenty twenty one signed with the Red sox in twenty twenty two um and then he was pretty much just hanging around in free agency, asking for probably more than what he was gonna well, definitely more, not probably he was asking for more than what he was going to get in free agency. It was like 2 years 30 mil and teams were not going to pay that for Michael Waka. Um how old is he? He's only 30. Okay, I thought he was more like 33, 34. So he's only 30, uh but he does he did come into the, into the league at a at a young age, 21. He does have a lot of years under his belt. He has 10 years under his belt over 1,150 innings under his belt, a lot of innings, Um, not 2,000, but there's a good workload there. So we'll see what the Padres can get out of him. Again, still waiting on the terms. Um, Okay, Bob Melvin has spoke to the media, so I can play that here for you if you want me to. This was this morning. Um, Sammy Levitt, I believe, is uh, in Peoria for 97 the fan, so I'm getting the video from there. Uh, but here was Bob Melvin about the benefits of a six-man rotation, what the benefits were uh, last year. Really, what I learned the feedback I got from the starters that.
0: You know it allowed them to prepare a little bit differently and you know whether it was a higher pitch count that we were able to do with some guys maybe early on um but taking advantage of that extra day seemed to you know all our guys were 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 on it i was a little concerned about it early on so you know you look at the what do we got 24 games 25 days early on um you know, do you? We we rely on our starters. They were fresh at the end of the year. There were a lot of a lot of things that, that popped up because of this. So, if we were able to do it, I, I wouldn't put it past us doing it again.
1: Translation: uh, We're we're probably doing the six man rotation again to start the season. Like it did provide benefit for the Padres, giving Musgrove, giving Darvish that extra day of rest, and I think it will help ease Martinez into the rotation. Ease. Um, Lugo into the rotation. Give some, give that extra day, get going during the season, and that will also give the Padres some time to evaluate Lugo, see how long they can put him in the rotation for, and then if it's not working out, alright, then you can go to the five-man, put Lugo into the bullpen, and then bring, or keep Walker in the rotation. Uh, Bob Melvin, he was also uh, asked if he thought using a six men rotation if its thoughts have changed since implementing it last season
0: it has i mean i you know i i the guys that i had been with before you know the five-day routine is something that they they really wanted to adhere to and didn't feel like you need more rest you know you get off days during the course of the season that you get an extra day typically a lot anyway but um it was more getting the feedback from the starters that they enjoyed it, especially some of maybe, you know, our, our our key guys like you know, Joe and you and you's a guy that likes to get out there and pitch and, and he even said, you know, this is something that you know is keeping me a little bit fresher.
1: Well, in Japan, right? Japan, I think that's why Otani's doing the six man rotation. That's why the Angels are doing it. Because Otani was used to doing it in Japan, I think. So maybe Darvish is like, Oh, I I, I like this. I I like doing this again it does give him that extra rest. Uh, Bob Melvin here asked if he has had conversations with Juan Soto about the position that he'll play this season. As I said earlier, it's going to be left field, which is as uh, expected.
0: Yeah, we're going to – I think left is what we're going to work on with him and try to keep him in one spot so that that was the conversation I had with him. And he about the importance of, like, being in that one spot. Right. Yeah, he'll play anywhere. He just wants to be able to. He's, he's, you know, his preparation's pretty epic. You know, whether it's what he does, you know, on the offensive end, but defense too. So, you know, he'd like to be able to prepare in the same position. He would be
1: open for anything, but I think it makes sense to to try to keep in one spot. There you go. Preparation from Juan Soto is pretty epic, according to his manager Bob Melvin. Um, That's not surprising. Like. For peop- if there's any fans out there that think that, you know, because Juan Soto isn't the best defender there in the outfield, if those fans think that he doesn't work hard, you're wrong. I mean, this guy does put in the work, uh, definitely. He, he. It seems like he is one of the harder workers in the league. Uh, Manny puts in the work. Corona puts in the work. Uh, it seems like Tatis is definitely putting in the work this offseason. They put in the work. This is a group of guys that really wants to win and do whatever it takes to win. Um, So I think Soto, he will do better defensively this year than he did last year. And hopefully 2024, he will do better then than he does in 2023. Like just continue to develop, continue to get comfortable out there, be confident out there. I think that's going to help him. And being knowing where you're going to be, left field, right? They're not switching them back and forth, left field, right field, because... Those are different angles off the bat, right? Just stay in left field. I think that can only help for the Padres. So I'm glad that they, you know, figured this out. Um, you know, at the beginning of spring training. Um, anything else here from Bob Melvin? I do see Bomani back here in the chat or in the in the room here. Do you want to come on, Bomani? I'm gonna
0: have to go to Bomani, you're on. Right,
1: to your oh, I don't think he's listening. All right. All right. Um. So Bob Melvin here. We already hit on that one on Juan Soto. Um. This one is about. Patis playing the outfield and how Profar kind of had to get used to it um, playing the outfield because he was an infielder for a lot of his career with Texas and with Oakland, so here's that.
0: We still have to get through spring and then there's 20 games before, if we're talking about the same guy. <laughs> um, yeah, he's open to anything. Oh, Could it benefit him to have that consistency of being in one place? I don't think so. You know, look, I think the outfield... You know, we we talked about it too. He hasn't played in what a year plus, and shortstop's pretty taxing position. he's had two surgeries this year. I don't know that the outfield takes a little off his plate, uh, some as well. But look, from where he's come from, he just wants to play and contribute, to get out on the field, and does a lot of his damage with the with the bat in his hand. We still have to
1: get yeah. This and so yeah, with Bob Melvin, I agree with what he's saying there. With Tatis, like, his biggest, I I know his athleticism is huge, but what we want about Tatis this year, or what we care about the most, is his bat, right? The guy hit 42 home runs in 2021, and he was dealing with subluxations, shoulder subluxations, all year long. Um, He's just super, super talented with the bat, and in that leadoff spot, he can be huge for the Padres. So, uh, I don't really think it matters what position he's playing. I think right field seems like the obvious position. Um, oh, Devin here says in the chat walk assigned a, a one year deal money still not disclosed. One year deal. Let me look at that. I don't see that on Twitter, but if it's a one year deal that that's expected, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. Um, he just wasn't again, he, he was not gonna get two years, thirty million dollars from a team. I know he had a good year, but they they weren't I don't think teams view him as highly as he viewed himself, at least at the start of the offseason. It's kinda like Profar, right? He has to lower his sights. Like there were people thinking he was gonna get five years, seventy five mil, like Andrew Benintendi got. Like that wasn't gonna happen. Not gonna happen. He's gotta lower his sights and then he'll Find a team that's interested in him. Um, here's Bob Melvin on Michael Walker, his pitching style. His uh, uh he's all about his teams. pitching style. Sorry, that was the video was already playing before I started here. So again, here's Bob Melvin um, on Michael Walker. Confirm
0: anything as far as that goes yet? Yeah. Just, just from afar, yeah. he looks like. He, he, from everything I've heard about him, uh, he's all about team. Uh, he's a gamer. Uh, just wants to win, and so. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, I, I can't confirm
1: anything. As far. All right. So, pretty much nothing there. Um, can't confirm anything. Like I said earlier, you weren't going to get anything out of Bob Melvin today because it's not confirmed. We don't know the money. Like, none of that is out there. Usually, when someone signs a contract or when that leaks, like we know the years, we know the money from one of the reporters. Like, we don't even know that. It was just walking to the Padres. So, we'll see what happens on that front. And so stay tuned to Talking Friars on social media, Twitter, Instagram, for all that. Uh, Thank you so much for watching, listening, tuning in here, episode 337 of Talking Friars. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. And I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Go Pods.